You are listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Sorry, did I miss a movie? Was there a penultimate duel movie that I missed? Or yes, just- uh, and this actually should be called The Last Legal Duel, but that didn't sound fun. So. <laughs> the Last But One Duel. Yeah. <laughs> it du- doesn't have the same ring to it as The Last Duel. This is the latest film directed by Ridley Scott, which always makes me a little nervous, because although he's made some of my favorite films of all time... Yeah, he's he- also made those other films. He has also <laughs> made those other films. Which, weirdly, people, every couple years you see them going, you know, I rewatched this and I think it was not given a fair shake. And I'll be like, you know, okay, fine. I'll watch it again. Nope. I was right. Yeah, it was no. terrible. <laughs> like, I, I shake things very fairly. And Ridley's a spotty guy. He just is. Unpredictable. For sure. What I didn't realize was watching this historical 14th century set film is that it's actually based reasonably closely on a true story. Yeah, the main three characters all existed in some form or another. Well, the tale of these characters, apparently, which took place in France, was one of those ones that, in France, is a big deal. Like, that has been adapted in multiple different ways, and lots of things are loosely based on it. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just one of those things you learn about it in school. And it's one of those people, to this day, still argue about who was actually right and who was actually wrong. Sure. This movie will not have you arguing about who was right and <laughs> yeah, who was wrong. There, this is kind of set up Rashomon style. So you have like three different perspectives shown one after the other, as opposed to like the seven perspectives in Rashomon. <laughs> yeah. One of the things Ridley is not good at is nuance. And so although all three versions are different, they're minorly different. And yeah, there's not a lot of, hmm, was this guy right? Or was that girl wrong? Or was it, nope, that's the wrong thing. It's happening right now. No, God, it's happening. <laughs> and speaking of three different perspectives, I'm Chris. Joining me is... Bo. And Sarah Jane. And welcome back, Sarah Jane. Is your first review with us for a while, because yeah. uh, the last year for you has been an endless hellscape. Yes, I'm here, and I'm happy to be back. We're ha- you. happy to have you back well, here. And this, and this is good, because the three perspectives are a nice person, a bad person, <laughs> and, and a, a mo- woman! <laughs> <laughs> and a, yeah. Well, seemingly nice enough person. In our first chapter of this, as we see Matt Damon playing Jean de Corot. I know I'm saying that wrong. Carouge. It looks like it shouldn't be phonetically right, but it is in this particular that case. Welcome to, welcome to French. <laughs> <laughs> and he is a, yeah, I guess this is not technically medieval 14th century, or is it? it? It is the 14th century. It's the 1380s. Right. So we're in the 100 we, years war between France and England. Would we call it medieval is my question. Yeah, this is the high okay. Middle Ages. Okay, so fair it's, enough. it's not the Renaissance yet, but it's not technically the Dark Ages either. So everybody still smells terrible. <laughs> well, there, there's actually a person taking a bath in this. That's true. Uh, yeah, this is between Battle of Poitiers and Battle of Agincourt, so like 
pretty much smack dab in the middle of the Hundred Years' War cycle. So Matt Damon is a knight for hire for the king. He's not a mercenary. He goes and works for the king. He's a vassal of the Duke of, I believe, Normandy, and also a, a vassal of the king. Right. And so he regularly goes out to war, and he's quite good at it, in fact. He's yeah. a brutal fighter. Uh, according to his story, he's according, good at it. Uh, well, even, <laughs> even in a later story, they go, uh, no, he's really, really good at what he does. You mm. like, you're like, that's one thing that I don't have any doubt about. Yeah, that I, I got that too. Yeah. And maybe that's a point of argument. But uh, one of the things I really liked about this is the sword play is very good because it actually shows them grabbing the haft of the sword and like using it in ways that scholarly people will tell you. It's like, yes, this is how like people actually they the did their research with the way all the medieval battling goes here, and it, there's a lot of it, and it's shot very well. I was worried about that because, honestly, I, I know. I'm just not a fan of Gladiator. Sorry, I don't like it. I think it's too broad. But you must I don't like the way the fights were filmed in it. I don't like the gladiatorial combat. Yeah. But the beginning where you're getting the Roman Legion fight, sure, fighting the Germans, that that's awesome. And he, Except there's stirrups in it, which yeah, isn't, is didn't happen. He films those scenes really well. But here we see that he becomes friends with uh, Adam Driver, playing character Jacques Legree. Jack the Grey. They're both squires. Well, Damon has a family that's very, very well known yeah, his, and a family name that's important. Yeah, his family is a, a captain of the king. He is the captain of, of a very important fort. They own some property, whereas it's not even alluded to. Jacques Legree says it at certain points he's like yeah my family didn't really have much money and in fact yeah. I considered to go into the clergy and then I kind of found myself doing this and he ends up being because of his experience with the clergy being he's kind of the more educated guy he's more smooth he's considered to be better looking which still I don't get the Adam Driver is hot thing but I'll take your word for it ladies okay uh, yeah, yeah, I, the, the, I am not no, not yeah. on that side I mean either. he's got a nice body but you know yeah. oh he's no. definitely ripped but like I, I've never gotten the whole ooh look at that guy I'm like yeah. really I mean great actor don't get me wrong love him to death I think he's attractive in an odd sort of way but it's the 1380s there, there, aren't, there aren't a lot of hotties walking around well, and <laughs> Matt Damon is no exception. He's all battle scarred up. I mean, he's yeah. looking rough, and he's made <laughs> he has some the, bad the, facial hair choices. He's the, 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 the worst hair period. Yeah. Uh, the, the worst period hair period. Yeah, it was a medieval mullet. That's yeah. what yes. it is. And yeah. it does not work for him whatsoever. But that's kind of the point here. You're supposed to make him a little uglier. He's rougher around the edges, to be sure. He also is a bit of a hothead. Whereas Adam Driver's character is more like, yeah, I can pretty much smooth talk my way into anything, including between the I legs mean, of it, most of the ladies of the royal court. It, it's funny because it is actually the man's real name, but he is Jack the Grey. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he is a, a man of moderate temper. And a division starts to build between the two of them because basically, the Count, who they're both vassal to, played by Ben Affleck, and, and I know this is saying a lot, but the frattiest role Ben Affleck has ever played. <laughs> he was in a different movie. Yeah, I, I, I mean... He's just playing this absurdly over-the-top, like, let's party, dude, they, who, I mean, loves, he, who loves Adam Driver's character. He's like, oh, man, I love that guy. He's like, well, come here and like give him a noogie and stuff. He, he, and was, he was Matt Damon. He's he, like, oh, that guy. Blah, he's so serious all the time. Affleck was one of the co-writers, and yeah. he obviously yeah, one Damon. of the first... One of the first things that he did when he was researching his, his writing was, was like, so in common conversation, would anybody have said something like fucking as a modifier? And like, oh, yeah, yeah, people said, yeah, but he's like, great. 
That's all I need to know. <laughs> I mean, this is the first script him and Damon actually have written together since Goodwill Hunting, yes. believe it or not, which I was like, really? They've never written another one? Like, nope. And they teamed up with uh, Nicole Hoffsener. I don't know if I'm saying that correct, but who's also a very experienced writer, mainly for television, but who worked under Martin Scorsese. What makes things even worse in the plot here is that things keep getting taken away from Matt Damon and handed to Adam Driver by Ben Affleck, and he's getting more and more and more pissed off. And it all comes to a head when his new wife, played by the, I think, just flat out amazing Jodie Comer. If you've seen Killing Eve, she plays the crazy assassin on there and just nails it. She is very much being coveted by Adam Driver. And I know at this point, like literally three quarters of the movie is the plot of the first third of the movie, but it's also the plot of the second third, <laughs> third, third, because yeah. it's just retelling the same story. And there's no way to discuss what's relevant about this movie without getting to, he came in while Matt Damon was away and Adam Driver just flat out raped her and he denies it. And, you know, the movie starts with the two of them in a joust to the death and we don't, it cuts right before we can see what's going to happen. So each chapter. The second one is from the viewpoint of Adam Driver's character. And the third one is, which they just, without any subtlety whatsoever, each one says the truth according to, and then the last one is the truth according to Jodie Comer's character, and all the words fade out except the truth. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, we get it. It is basically about this thing that came to trial and about the modern day context of Me Too and the way that people respond to rape survivors and people making accusations, which is to say even other women going like, come on, why are you doing this? Hats off, yes, we're all on the same side, we all agree this is bad, that we live in this culture, this patriarchal culture where people don't listen to these women, When the, and this keeps happening, but it really was so on the nail on the head with every aspect of it here that it kept pulling me out of the Middle Ages and going, this as much as like the music in A Knight's Tale reminds you you're not in medieval <laughs> England, the, wow, the political okay. subtext did here. I was like, okay, having a hard time staying with you movie because they went more overboard than they needed to, to make their point. It's not the subtext, it's the text. I personally felt that was the point, that it is the text. And there was nothing in that that made me feel like, oh, this is too anachronistic. Only modern people would think that. I don't feel that. There are flaws in this movie, but for me, that wasn't one of them. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon just took me out of it, totally. <laughs> I mean, I've had a long-standing hatred of both of them. I just don't like them. Now, I do admit that Matt Damon can. I've seen him in some stuff where he's really good. Mm -hmm. I like him in The Departed. But just those two together in this movie just took me out of it. And especially Ben Affleck, because like I said, he seemed like he was just in another movie. I mean, thank God that, that Matt Damon and Adam Driver didn't switch roles because you just would not have been able to watch it with any seriousness. Oh, like, no, Matt yeah, Damon no and way. Ben Affleck partying together, you would have been like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. This is just I, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like, I don't even know why Ben Affleck was even in this movie. I think it would have been 100% better if there was a different person in that role. I mean, even the way he spoke didn't sound like, I mean, no one's supposed to be 14th century It just French, felt but goofy. Yeah, he was just like, you know, deny, deny, deny. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? None of his dialogue sounded like he should have been in that time period. I agree. Actually, 100%. So, Every scene with him, I was like, come on. Right. Plus that hair. I mean, the on. hair was ridiculous. Everybody's hair was ridiculous, was. except for Adam I Driver, mean, that's, who's that's, like, that's, looks, his hair is amazing. You're like, god damn it, Adam Driver. Go watch Henry V again. Yeah, that's, no, that's I know. I know, what no, 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 I know. They, it just they had bad hair. So it, a lot of it was, especially if you're in the military purpose, it's just like, well, this is more comfortable under a, a helmet. It looked no, ridiculous yeah. on Ben Affleck. It didn't <laughs> even, but it didn't even look good. I mean, Jodie Comer's wig sometimes looked really 
really bad. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, did they not even try? I, I don't know. I kind of felt some of that too. But I think ultimately the real harshest thing for me was that this is a movie about rape survivors and I can't think of a single rape survivor who I would, wouldn't say to don't see this movie yeah. because it's incredibly triggering and brutal. It's the accused in medieval times. Right. Why would you want to subject yourself to that? And to add on top of that, like I said, with graphic rape scenes, twice, there's yeah. also incredibly violent and brutal combat scenes that if weren't surrounding this other story, I'd be into going like, Oh, that's cool. That's really well shot. I mean, the final duel when we finally see it is really gripping and incredibly well shot and brutally violent. But at that point, I was already so queasy and upset by the sub main subject matter of this, that this just feels so wildly inappropriate to watch this after that. It's a tonal thing. But that's the problem. There's just no subtlety or nuance and never occurred to him, oh, that's going to be really upsetting and not in a good way. I mean, I know they wanted to tell this story, but it just seemed weird setting it in this time period. Just felt wrong. Well, let's go to final thoughts. Bo, why don't you get us started? Yeah, I obviously was not as put out by this movie. I didn't think that Damon or Affleck did a bad job at all. Yes, I do know that certainly... Ben Affleck's dialogue was a lot more idiomatic than anybody else in the movie, but for me, it's just like, high nobility acted like that. <laughs> they're like, the rules don't apply to me, because they didn't. And they're like, yeah, I'm gonna fuck everything that moves, and I'm gonna drink a lot, and, you know, it's good to be the king. There's a lot of this movie that I did enjoy. I like the historicity of it. I thought that that was well-studied, well-put forth, but yes, I will agree. There's no subtlety in this movie whatsoever. Oh, let, me, let me just say, there is one thing I saw that apparently was completely historically inaccurate, and already some people are pissed off about it, where Adam Driver and Jodie Comer are having a discussion about their favorite current novels. Oh, there yeah. Was no yeah. Such, no, there was yeah. no such thing. Yeah, that right. just didn't exist at that point. I that, no, like, I, I can't thought... remember when Don Quixote came out. Right. But, but, but it was right. way like, after that. She mentioned Roland, so what they were talking about is poetry, mm-hmm. not not novels. Right. But yeah, yes, there, there's no subtlety in this, and in a lot of ways it's very dry. And yeah, it's something that I would not be able to recommend to many people because the rape scenes, they're very brutal. It was triggering to, you know, I had to disassociate while I was Mm -hmm. watching it and, you know, I have not been raped, but... Yeah, that's hard to get over. There's really nothing in this movie that makes up for that. I don't think that you're going to get a fulfillment. You know, and that's that's why people have talked about this case for so long, because there there is no fulfillment. And if there is a vagueness, none of that is presented here mm-hmm. at all. This is not a he said, she said thing at all. He mm-hmm. did. He did. There is absolutely no fucking doubt about it. I did enjoy the battle scenes. I did enjoy the, the duel scene. But yeah, this is going to be a hard sell to anybody. And I don't think people are going to gain a lot of reward from watching it. That being said, I in no way was like, oh, I got to get out of here. There were certain things that I enjoyed because of the person that I am, that I enjoy, you know, studying this period of time. But unless you're, you count yourself in that part of the Venn diagram, <laughs> maybe this is something to, to skip. Uh, or at least if you are going to watch it, watch it in some kind of format that you are able to, to fast forward if you need to. I give it so Six and a half out of ten not-so-historical novels. Sarah Jane? I did not love this movie, obviously. I agree pretty much what Bo said. I did think that the uh, action scenes and the fight scenes were great. Jodie Comer was really good, and Adam Driver is always good. Although sometimes when he was yelling, he reminded me of the SNL character that he did, the Jay Parnassus. <laughs> you know that one where the oh, old yeah. guy? Yeah. The oil baron. <laughs> so he's and so-, so you shall! Right! So when he was getting shouty, that was... I, I kept thinking that. 
But so they were great. Again, I don't love Damon or Affleck. So they took me out of it totally. I could have bought it if it was just Matt Damon. Um, but Ben <laughs> Affleck, sorry, I just don't like you. Too much. It, it, yes. I think this is maybe if you're a Ridley Scott fan and you want to be a purist and like watch his entire oeuvre, then you might want to see this, but I just can't recommend it. I give it six Adam Driver chainmail vests mm-hmm. out of ten. <laughs> you know, I think the problem is exactly that. Like, what audience is this actually for? Because the people who come because they share the outrage over horrible rape culture that we still live in, even after all these centuries, <laughs> but now we're finally discussing reasonably, this is going to be too much for them. They're going to be like, yeah, I don't, this, this reliving this is, it's just too much, too graphic. And people who are coming for a big action war movie will be like, what's all this other, like, Me Too stuff doing in here? I don't want to watch that. Like, right. This is like, every time it gets excited, it gets sidelined with that. So I'm not really sure who this is for. Is it Ridley Scott trying to make himself feel better because he's old and out of touch? Like, no, I'm in touch. I know what's happening. It, it's for Jelko Ivanic fans. <laughs> <laughs> and he was wonderful at it. There, there are a lot of side characters in here who are like, I had a lot of fun with here, especially the guy who was playing King Charles the Sixth, Alex Lothar. I mean, he's just a worthless foppy king. Well, he was he he, he famously went went crazy. One of those kings who was uh, uh, not one of the more popular. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I liked a lot of the side characters. I thought this was extremely well shot overall. I think the look of this is really terrific when it is doing the big action scenes. I really thought they were incredibly well filmed and really like gripping. You're like, wow. And the whole first third, I was like, okay, I got to admit, I'm really enjoying this. I'm having a good time with this. It really wasn't till that switched to Adam Driver's segment, which is much more graphic and much more disturbing and is supposed to be that I started going, this whole thing is starting to make me feel uncomfortable, but not in the way they were trying to make me feel uncomfortable while watching it. Just going, I don't want to see this. And Driver's story is interesting because, like, you'd think in Damon's story, Driver would be a bigger asshole, but he's actually a bigger asshole in Adam Driver's own story, <laughs> which I thought was really odd. Of course, he's the biggest asshole in Jody Cummers, but, you know, you've <laughs> got to expect that. Anyway, I don't know. I, I was very mixed over this whole thing. I don't think it's a terrible movie. It's just... I'm not sure who the audience is supposed to be for it. Um, maybe people who really, really, really love history. So, Bo. Hi. <laughs> but I think we're all about the same rating for various ways and means. Bo liked about half a star more than Sarah Jane and I did. So I, as well, am going to give it, oh, let's see, six out of ten just most egregious mullets ever. <laughs> like, uh, God, was, it was bad. I was hoping you were going to give it six out of ten Jelko Ivanix. <laughs> <laughs> no. 